0: Again, yeah, for another episode of the Warrior Poet Project podcast. What's up, Corey Allen? You're just talking about how you can make your own ammo for any firearm. That's necessary. right. People wouldn't expect that if you listen to me and Corey <clears throat> Allen rap well on this podcast. They may th- not know that you can make some ammo.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing is, is that, you know, just because one, one person has a particular, uh, you know, uh, uh, like character or packaging that they're wearing you think that you get the idea about what's going on but really don't you know, get it in order to get that far you know into one area you have to also have the range of darkness in the other area
0: you know? i fucking hear you man that's, but, you're, but talking, you're talking to the the self-monikered warrior poet that's here, right
1: you know? that's right so Yeah, whenever I was a kid, you know, my parents were separated when I was really young, and my dad was just uninterested, you know, in in spending a time with us, but what he was interested in was shooting guns, and, uh, you know, he was a pretty well-off banker type. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had lots of access. To lots of guys. access. He was pretty racist and um, <laughs> a bigot and very materialistic. You so know, bigot with guns. Very manip- Yeah, very manipulative businessman. He used to laugh and joke about, uh, you know, about uh, like. Whenever he would fire someone or pull some type of deal, you know, he would come home laughing about it. Not that I ever saw him, you know, at that juncture, but he would tell me about it, you know, on the phone. So anyway, so
0: so he's got a lot of lot of things going for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, uh, yeah, he's. Told me a lot of great stories about you know choking, p- putting a desert eagle down someone's throat and choking them with it, and telling them that he was the devil and that he was going to kill them. And so stuff. this is
0: this is one of those interesting stories where some kind of force it either is going to create a duplicate of that force, it's going to break the <laughs> yeah. force, or it's going to create the antithesis yeah. of that force. Yeah,
1: He was kind of like a Tarantino character, to, movie character to an extent, to in one dimension. Uh, but the point of that is, is that. Uh, the time we'd spend together, when I was kid, well, kid was was rare. But whenever we were together, we would go to the gun range. So basically, so he would was be body done. exactly. It was shooting, you know, every type of pistol, shotguns, rifles, you know, semi-automatic rifles. And then going home, he had a gun room in his house. He had a bunch of safes, like giant gun safes, full of guns and ammunition, and you know, a bunch of cash and stuff. And Basically, uh, we it would just like sit. sounds like
0: Nicolas Cage from that drug running movie. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Except it was ego Lords running. War. It, yeah.
1: it was ego running, you know, not drug running. And so we would basically just sit and pack ammo, like either bullets or, you know, shotgun shells. Put the put the casing on, put the primer in, you know, put the gunpowder, put the, the cork in, and then put the shot in and clamp it closed in this rotating machine. Just sit there and print up, you know couple thousand rounds of, of ammunition, wow. man. Now,
0: do you have any brothers or sisters? I
1: got a brother that's older.
0: Now, how similar to you is your brother?
1: He's, he's similar. Yeah, he we uh, are. Yeah. So both
0: of you, because a lot of times you hear these cases and you can read about them and hear about them where, you know, one kid goes one direction, mm-hmm. either like their father, the other kid goes absolutely yeah. the other way. But in your case, both of you guys kind of turned out into instead of mimicking some of exactly. those traits you went the opposite yeah.
1: way i mean even as a look my brother you know he was older so he took the you know the the brunt of a lot of it unfortunately the more you know the physical aspects of that you know situation uh which was unfortunate and uh you know whenever <laughs> yeah my mom made it really clear to my dad with a knife that he better not you know he was. Mean to my older brother, and he better not do it to the, the new kid, you know. <laughs> wow. So, um,
0: so your mom was kind of a badass, <laughs> yeah.
1: She's a, a lion, you know, <laughs> not good. not even a lioness, a yeah. lion with talons, yeah. Um,
0: li- I think that's called a griffin, yeah, <laughs> a <lion's laughs> yeah, difference. a griffin,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it was interesting, even as a kid, like growing up and seeing how he would treat, you know, it just his perspective, man, his outlook on life, uh. I had an intuitive feeling like that that's it was Gross and cringy, and I thought, you know, this isn't how I want to be. It's hateful, and even as, a, as a, once again, as a kid, I saw that it was hateful, but it was all based through fear. You know, it was like that's something that kind of brought that to my attention at a young age. Was that a lot of people, their hatred and their their aggression is an f- act of defensiveness through fear. It's like if I am mean it's and trying it over, it's
0: almost always yeah, you know I mean? and the, even all this ego stuff is all fear. Yeah,
1: yeah. The meaner you are to people, the more at arm's length they are so therefore they can't attack you you know and I saw that you know and as and as I got older you know he died when I was 20 and uh you know I watched them turn the machines off on him and and all that fun stuff uh and you know it's whenever I'll tell you that's a sobering moment watching the heart monitor decrease in beats you know beats per minute uh mm-hmm. but uh you know it's It's just, uh, it's, it was all a teaching, man. It was all a lesson to know, like, this is not, I know what this creates. I know what type of energy that that life creates. And, um, you know, um, it's not, uh, it's not, (laughs) wasn't what I was interested in. So my brother and I both, you know, went, they went different, the other direction. You know,
0: And that's to your credit. I mean, I think everybody gets, uh, you get choices, you know, and I've actually been reading a lot of, um, Bruce Lipton's book, Biology Belief, and one of the things that he impresses as his major thesis is there's been a lot of rhetoric about how deterministic your um, you know, your DNA is and yeah. and everything and how deterministic even you know, your situation is. You know, people like to like to remove responsibility and say, Ah, how could he help it? He had this situation or ah, yeah. how he's sick of course, it must have been his his DNA. And, of course, there's some truth that those are influencing forces. Those are winds pushing in a certain direction. But we have a lot more control and a lot more free will than I think people are willing to acknowledge. And mm-hmm. I think the, you know, the science of epigenetics is showing that. The ability for you to basically change the expression of your genes through you know your behaviors, your state of mind, your consciousness, placebo versus nocebo effect, you know, the power of the mind over your health. And then the power of your intent over your destiny you know I mean it's if you take those moments and I know that's one thing that both of you and I have you know staunchly in common is if you take moments to quiet everything away and find your true voice that's how you stop this kind of rat wheel of of influence you know where you can actually take a pausing point and say all right what do I want to do I feel the current behind me this way but I don't have to swim with it you know i can swim upstream i can go across i can find another current but you got to stop everything in order to do that and the ways to stop it meditation float tank psychedelics you know that's the way to go
1: absolutely yeah you know it's a lot of people i think especially in the pre-internet age just they just lived unexamined lives you Mm -hmm. know they there was no self-examination you know there was no internal inquiries or quest or you know because i think you know it's it's easy if you're born into a certain situation you know and and you have a certain you know nature and nurture thing going on then um is it
0: easier is it even more difficult because no i
1: was going to say it's it's easy to just continue on with that you know yeah. if, if you never have an experience in your life that that wakes you up to other realities it wakes you up to the fact that perhaps being a you know uh, aggressive capitalist materialist uh, solipsistic you know type of personality is not it's it's just all a trap it's all a lie you know it's all like uh, in in so many people they just don't have the the moment in their life where they realize that and there's nothing that cracks that shell where they go oh wait a second you know this isn't actually this is all an illusion man you know and like I saw this, I was driving the other day, and I saw this brand new Mercedes that was pretty sweet. And um, there was the lady that was driving it. it was like this eighty year old lady, and I just, I just like, it like broke my heart. I thought she's, she was just, it's the whole thing. She was just tricked, she was fooled. The whole maybe, thing,
0: but maybe not. Maybe she loves that fucking car.
1: Well, I'm sure she does, but that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's sweet to have you know a, an awesome car. Absolutely but you know in the context of the way that i could just i don't know something about you know you can see how someone is existing with an Mm -hmm, object like that it's like um if you have a well it depends
0: on if they're appreciating you know the presentness of being with that object and enjoying that or whether they're using the object as a fulfillment of some ego some kind of manifestation of self-worth Yeah, it's it's not it's not the object it's the relationship to of the course. object and and yeah. i have you know i have an issue with a lot of people who say similar stuff like that like you know talking about money like money is evil no it's not, not it's your yeah. relationship to money that can either be you know healthy or unhealthy yeah. and it's that's your just relationship the f- to the car that can be either healthy or unhealthy
1: totally that's like the first step that's the that thinking of that way is just the first step in all of that you know where like it's not about as you said it's about how you treat the object, not if if you use the object as a form of self identification. You know, right. if you use that object as a symbol in your own mind for your worth or something like that, then then it's obviously bad yeah, because absolutely. it's using you. You're not mm-hmm. using it. But it's you know, being a human being on this planet with all these fun toys you come up with is amazing, and having an awesome car is super fun. <laughs> yep. You know, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a beautiful genius yeah, of human innovation and engineering. That stuff, I love it. It's amazing. But it doesn't mean that, you know, it's all, but, but if you, you know, it's not going to you know, do anything other than get you further away on the internal journey. But if you have a sweet car and you let it define you, then yeah, if that's, if the direction you're trying to go is one of awakening, then it won't, it'll hinder you a little bit from getting there. Maybe, but if it's maybe, not, then yeah. enjoy. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah.
0: the other way to look at it is that, you know, people think, people think that, like to, to follow the internal journey, you can take the way of the monk, and you can have no temptations, and you can have no properties, and you can have no tangible things. That's just the same
1: in. thing as but but isn't being but that's
0: but that yeah well that's another aspect of it. But that almost makes it easier to do that. Yeah. The real challenge, and I believe that people grow and become better through challenges. The real challenge is to do that, not in a monastery, you know, where all of the temptation is removed but do that live that way you know have that christ consciousness that kind of buddha mind whatever way you want to talk about it but have that in a life that's rich and full of all of these things understanding as the Toltecs did then you know in Castaneda's philosophy that all of that is part of the controlled folly it's playing out some some enjoyment but not being attached to it and and for me i think that's an even more noble way to go and the way that I personally am choosing to do it as well is saying, not I don't have to give up everything to try and be at this part of you know consciousness. Why not have everything, use it as a challenge to not get attached to it, and and try and live that way. And I yeah. think that's another path that I think people don't really acknowledge as a, a valid way.
1: Yeah, challenges. You know, it's I I look at that as like, you know, in order to create pearls, uh, you know, a, a clam needs sand mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. Ha- you know, have be washed through there to have it be agitated you know um but yeah and that's and even that all that is just like again you know it's it's just like the bottom layer of a bottom level of all of this thing it's like the the no objects you know in living a monastic life or you know being a you know mm-hmm. you know way you know super materialist and thinking that that's where you find your meaning is all sure. that stuff like both of those paths are still baby steps yeah. it's because to believe in the illusion that either of those things either of those external body surroundings you know that you're that you're dealing with have anything to really do with with the real truth is also something that it's not even on it's it's really you know it, uh, it's the earliest earliest stage of even understanding because whenever you actually begin to you know i think become a a bit more awake of the the human situation you realize that the idea of um either of those paths, they're they're both just silly. They have no real, sure. you know, place in anything. All the whole even the body is silly. It's like being obsessed with the body and even the thought about your own body or yeah. or any of that stuff is is ridiculous. Like I was uh-huh. <laughs> I was thinking during South by Southwest and I I was thinking about like people I was you know, saw people in lines, and of course there's always people who are stacked up in lines, you know, ready trying to get into a show. And I was like thinking about that and I started laughing so hard that I was crying because I was thinking about like all these people you know they they're like I need to get my my uh, consciousness package on the other side of this concrete wall that's the most important thing that's going to define me I must get it and I think when I'm trying to book a flight or something and I like I don't get the you know the flight I want I'm thinking about like I need to get my like meat body on this tube. <laughs> it's got to get in the tube, or else, you know. And I'm like, it's so fucking
0: stupid, man. I had that, that realization, and that's those are great illustrations of it. But I had it. I caught myself looking in the mirror like a couple of weeks ago, and it's just kind of like a habit, you know. You look and like, oh, but then I was thinking, what the fuck is the purpose of that? Yeah, you, know, I've, you spend so much time like investigating your you know, as you said your meat package yeah you know your chimp body and I'm just thinking that's just really quite foolish you know I just spent some time meditating so you have that yeah. other way to look at things and you know so many people use that as they're so attached and that's one of the hardest things probably to become unattached from is your body yourself yeah you know?
1: and there's interesting like well one I think it's like a puppy seeing it's a reflection in the puddle it's that base level of like Whoa, I exist. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like whoa, yeah. it's, that's weird. You know, what is that? Um, but you know, the, and then there's also the you can start kind of fine tuning that where you can either go crazy and be like, yeah, it doesn't matter, and you can be one of those Indian gurus that has like ants eating his arm <laughs> at all times, and he's all skinny, and he's so unself aware of his image that he's just like decaying. You know, but there's like there's with everything. There's just this nice middle ground of it all, where it's like, well, yeah, i to make sure my hair's cut and I, you know, trim yes. my beard and don't look like a goofball. But at the same time, it's like not being enamored by it, and that's right. something that, you know, um, as, a, as a bit of a, a tangent here, like uh, creatively, you know, there's uh, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this creatively about the the difference whenever you're in the the creative process between. Uh, artistic or creative intuition or enamorment and that was an interesting i was working on a um, couple new uh, pieces of music and, and i was
0: enamorment i imagine you could define that as what would you define enamorment
1: as? being um like seduced by your own ability to think of something and being like reveling in your own thought you know it's like so you're so you're working on some type of project and you think the difference between here's an idea, you know, and you're like, oh, that's great. I'm going to apply this to whatever thing I'm working on. the a bigger picture thing, you know. I think that um, there's this division where it's like, well, is that following your intuition of this creative thing or is that you just came up with an idea and you're interested in the fact that you came up with an idea and so you'd apply it to this image? Mm-hmm. It's splitting the intuition and the enamorment with the, the body and mind's ability to generate little balls of meaning you know um and by the way that was like a sharp right turn that i took when i started talking about that from what we were talking about um but yeah it's it's kind of an interesting thing where you apply that to other parts of your life is where i'm going with it is like um a lot of people try and spend a lot of time and i spent a couple of years in like existential paralysis you know thinking about like trying to find and understand meaning you know and where that comes from, and how that exists and fits into your life, and of course, you know, in the end, I basically deduce that uh, you know, the life being a, a, a transient type of hallucination, and living a subjective reality out of the objective universe. That meaning is uh, simply what you create for yourself, you yeah. know, and uh, so in that process of generating meaning and finding the path of in within your own life. Is, is this thing that I'm creating and applying meaning to, is that my intuition, my internal, if you want to call it, your spiritual intuition or what have you, or is this my enamorment with the ability to create meaning within things?
0: Yeah, and I think I think at the deepest level, enamorment is another form of attachment. Yeah. Know? I mean. It's, oh it's, hell it's yeah! A, you <laughs> know? I mean, and, and yeah. so many so many things come back to these very basic concepts of attachment, fear. You know, I mean, those are the things that an attachment is what creates fear, ultimately. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, when you're attached to anything, that's when you're fa- even attachment to life creates fear of death. Attachment to the body creates fear of suffering. Attachment to um, wealth creates fear of loss. You know, mm-hmm. attachment to your, you know, your identity as an ego creates fear of rejection, creates fear of whatever else, fear of failure, yeah. all of these things kind of come to it. So at the base level, you know, removing yourself from attachment to these things and realizing that, you know, you're going to be okay no matter what happens all the way. And that's what something like ayahuasca is great at takes away the big one, which is that fear of death and saying, you know, if I die, it's just a myth. Anyways, I'm not really dead. It just means this turns over. I'll start another turn. Exactly. But In the meantime, I'll experience some other really cool thing that doesn't involve form. Right. You know, and then I'll surely get another chance. You know, obviously, the ayahuasca didn't show me about the other chance, but it only makes perfect sense that that's what would happen. Yeah. But it did show me about the other world that's out there. Right, so then right. you start with that, and that's you know, attachment to life. And then the hard one for me was attachment to, you know, my physical self. You know, so I still had a fear of suffering, and that's probably my biggest challenge that I'm working on. And mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, acceptance of whatever reality is going through your body. Create, eliminates actual suffering even if you're experiencing pain you know yeah. and and so getting rid of that and then getting rid of your attachment to your persona and your success oh uh, yeah and then so you just break down all of these things and realize that no matter what the fuck happens you're gonna be okay and exactly you're gonna exist and your soul is impeccable it's un, it's invincible you know yeah. whatever happens to this body to this form you know the most important thing your highest consciousness your highest self it's going to be all right yeah and and you're gonna be okay no matter what the fuck happens and then as soon as you get that so many things start to unravel and then you can truly enjoy all of these things people think that if you're not attached you're not going to fully enjoy everything you're not going to be invested but it's bullshit you just have natural once you release attachment then you can apply all the passion and zest and zeal and fearlessness to anything you want Mm -hmm. even if it is like you know, as I mentioned before, your controlled folly, realizing that it's pointless, realizing that this, you know, whatever thing you're doing doesn't really have any true meaning, but you're going to enjoy it just like you would enjoy a fucking good movie or enjoy a great dream and just live in it fully present, fully passionate, you know, without having to apply the judgment of, oh, this doesn't really have any meaning. Just fucking live it, right? Know, of valid. course, and,
1: and the 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 aspect that you talk about about invincibility, about your soul being invincible, you know, <clears throat> even on a semantic level that. Kind of suggests some type of ego, you know. With it being, I know, of course, what you mean. But if someone else takes that and they thinks my soul is invincible, but really, you know, I think it's something more like water. It's like water is invincible. Go beat water with a stick and see what happens. (laughs) You know, go shoot water and see what happens. Nothing. You know, it's just water. Go freeze it. Go let it. And that's how our. That's how how we are. Even
0: stronger. I imagine you could bind water to some other, you know, in some fucking nuclear. I don't know. And
1: it is. You could, and then it's bound to everything. But you know, as as a (laughs) metaphor.
0: really is you can't it's immutable I mean yeah, it would maybe yeah. Even so be another word
1: that's like I think that are you know whatever is existing inside of our Muppet package that our bodies <laughs> are whatever whatever that is you know the it's like an it animating op-
0: force domingo Ruiz calls it the animating force
1: that works yeah. yeah so you know whatever you want to call it it's like water man it's like you can it's it's there it's just there you know and it's gonna do it's gonna be on its course and on its path then whenever your package dies or whenever you you drop your body as you know some people say that water just evaporates Mm -hmm. and then you know we all know what happens next you get enough of that in the clouds the shit rains boom you got more water down on on this terrestrial plane and that's just how human but that that water happens to land in more little human muppet creatures (laughs) and then we go flopping around like a bunch of goofballs for 60 years you know believing that the set that the muppets are doing their show on is real you know we go around believing that and we think that you know there's no one pulling the strings and that uh no one is in another dimension which is on outside of the tv watching us all laughing you know and then it just keeps on happening but that that, <laughs> that all that stuff that we we're talking about actually leads into something really uh that i found quite interesting that i i wanted to to share uh which was i recently had a pretty interesting experience and that um you know, throughout your, your course of your your day, you, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety. You have a little resting anxiety, mm-hmm. a little bit of uncomfortableness, and that kind of comes and goes, you know, uh, based on other things, of course. So, I would find myself often, like, um, through some self-examination, I would feel, like, um, sort of, like, not an anxiety per se, but, like, just this kind of force thing where it was uncomfortable and i would feel like almost like my i, I was raving you know like in, in, energetically on the body where it's even like if it took some if, rolls <laughs> yeah even if i was drinking something i would just be like downing whatever it was yeah, i'm sure. just like you know talking to someone like raving trying to spin this thing and get the ideas go listen to some of the earlier podcasts mm-hmm. you know um and that was you know a I had had that aspect in my being for like a long, quite a long time, years, you know, where I would just get so charged up. That I was just like, ah, um, and then other times, you know, even during meditation, I would feel that too, you know, during daily meditation, yeah. I'd start feeling this thing where I'm like, mm, like, so, you know, hyped, you know, or something. Uh, and then I would lay I would get often over the years where I'd be laying in bed and I would lay down to go to sleep and I would feel the same thing this hype thing where my heart would be like pounding you know Mm -hmm. I just feel like like my skin just like you know and um what's interesting is is that uh as a um I basically through each kind of level of like new clarity that I've had in my life there's been a, a a long layer of um Not depression, but almost like this thing that feels like this mutedness of everything. It's like make it depression without the sadness, right? Where you just feel like. A little bit of numbness. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in in numbness without being like, you know, not not, not being open and feeling things, but just this kind of almost a detachment type of thing. But again, you know, still, you know, operating well within the system. Uh, So I started feeling that. Again, and I was thinking that perhaps, you know, something was shifting. And usually I I kind of used to, I would joke about that being that feeling before uh, some type of new awareness would be that you're mourning the death of your own ego that's dying or that you're letting go of, right? Some
0: some part of your identity that you're having to let go. Exactly.
1: And so I started feeling that, but to a really extreme degree for several weeks. You know, normally it wouldn't last that long and it kept continuing. And, uh, I was wondering, like, what, is, what has happened here? Have I broken something? You know, like, what is going on here, right? And so uh, eventually I was was laying in bed one night, and I was feeling that, and I started feeling this this anxiety, energy, heart-pumping mm-hmm. thing, right? And in that state, I, I spoke with a really good friend of mine, and uh, I we talked about this a bit, and he suggested great advice, which is just be with that feeling. Don't try and examine that weird kind of down, detached feeling. Just experience that feeling. And I thought, all right, you know. So I was laying in bed and I
0: experienced the detachment or experienced the anxiety. Just no, the the detachment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, just be with that instead of trying to understand what's happening. Right. So I was laying in bed and I started feeling that raging, you know, heart pumping type of feeling. And, uh, in normally, you know, for years, I've basically just started doing meditative breathing to try and release that and dissipate that slow the heart rate and kind of get over it. Um, do you have trouble sleeping? No, not at all. I'm like I'm like half dead, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, really easy. So, uh, hard, you know, feeling that, and so I started thinking of the other advice. I thought, well, I'm just gonna be with this feeling instead of trying to calm it down and get rid of it. I'm just gonna experience it. So I started experiencing it, and then I got the bright idea of instead of just trying to experience it, I was gonna try and like suck it into me, like in in meditation, where what I'll do is during meditation trying um I'll, I'll pull in you know energy and vibration of the room into my lower body and move it up my my torso into my head and into my heart and that's I,
0: what i do when i can't sleep i pull a lot of energy into my lower body by masturbating <laughs> well, yeah that's
1: that's nature's nyquil man <laughs> so uh so anyway so you know during meditation i always you know, do that daily practice, you know, for a long time. And so I thought, I'm going to try and just, I'm going to try and pull this energy up instead of letting it just, you know, whatever this anxiety is. And I started pulling it up and, um, I actually started like, it started vibrating, you know, body started vibrating. I was laying there, I was like a sizzling piece of bacon, right? Laying there in bed, just <laughs> feeling this thing. And then that energy shifted from feeling like anxiety to feeling like ecstasy, where I was just like, it felt like after, like, sex or something, you know, your your mm-hmm. body is really sensitive. If someone was to, like, you know, touch your your genitals again after sex, and it's like, whoo, you know, you can't even stand sure. another touch. Imagine your whole body feeling like that. I was feeling this thing where I was just like, ah. Uh, and... Um, It's that anxiety turned from that feeling to just pure bliss and and just ecstasy. And I realized in that moment that all over the years, all of this stuff I was feeling where I thought I was having these little moments of anxiety was really just that I was getting into the situation I was in was a heightened like energetic situation. It was just bouncing around my body and I didn't know what to do with it. And since it was the force that was kind of over for the meter of what I had to read that force that was in there. I, it, tur- it was a little anxiety-inducing because mm-hmm. you didn't know what it was. And it was like, uh, I've got too much gas in the tank here. What's going on? And uh, so after drawing that upwards and uh, releasing it, eventually everything, all of that went away. I felt completely amazing. And I literally felt like if you, if you had a bunch of strings inside of your body and you had like a hand holding on to that, and that's your, like, internal tension. I described in the past, like, sometimes I'd feel like there was a piece of paper just tearing perpetually inside of my chest or something like that. It's like that, or the hand holding onto these strings, you sure. know. I literally just felt that hand just release. It just let go in this moment, right? And I thought, that's interesting, you know. Went to sleep. And since then, that has actually stuck, like, 100%. I felt like... I, you know, I'm really not too sure what it was that maybe is a part of like letting go of so, something I needed to let go of. Yeah. But all of that edginess and that like.
0: So let's go through. Let's go through the methodology again, because that sounds great, because I know that feeling that you're talking about. And it's on this borderline of anxiety and this for this creative force that you want to harness. Right. You know, and depending on how you you switch the knife blade, you know, it can either be. A resistance or it can be a tailwind and i think the process you described is transforming it into something immensely positive you know a positive yeah. feeling and energetic feeling so you were talking about magnifying that feeling by drawing it into your body visualizing yeah. it go through that in a little bit more detail so you sure. understand the the mechanism for people who want to try
1: it totally and i you know subsequently anytime i started to even feel like an inkling of pressure you know or that that uneasy I would just draw it in like draw it up like meditation right so basically if you feel that edginess feeling you know that feeling of anxiety that everyone has and that just kind of sizzling you know butter in the skillet type of feeling inside your body or the hive of angry bees you know in its worst case that instead of allowing that to overtake you and allowing that to you know induce anxiety Breathe that energy upwards, like it's a meditation, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and if you have no Breathe practice, that energy upwards. Yeah.
0: So what's the visualization that you're doing? What type of breath are you doing here?
1: Just normal breathing. Um, if you can take a deeper breath, of course, that's that's healthy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I typically will expand my you know stomach as much as possible, and then as that fills to its its uh, its height then roll up the torso into the chest so you're expanding outwards and as that reaches its capacity bring the chest upwards and then decompressing the reverse way where it's letting your chest fall and as that falls it pushes and rolls down to the stomach so it's literally like this this bag that's being opened and closed yeah. so you're getting the fullest type of, of breath possible you know? i imagine
0: you could use an analogy of imagining some kind of like flame inside yourself you know? sure and yeah breathing in oxygen giving it you know giving it more air to feed the fire and then as you breathe out you breathe out the excess of that energy and just yeah. stoke it hotter and hotter until it overcomes your body and you really feel that fully you know it, it sounds like a it sounds like a, a visualization of just pure acceptance of that you know? mm-hmm. instead of denying it it's the same thing with pain you know i mean the way i read a great article i think his name was was shinzen um, but it was about how to deal with pain and he was saying that really you know, And he deals with a lot of people suffering from co- some different types of chronic pain and his you know concept is to go into that pain for yeah it, experience it you know feel it accept it instead of resisting it like oh god i wish this would go away is this gonna get right. worse is it gonna get worse? just go as deeply into that pain and feel it and he said you know he was saying that that's a deeply purifying process and as soon as you stop resisting it and accept it and go with it a hundred percent you know mentally physically emotionally go into that pain you know it becomes purifying and, and no longer becomes suffering and becomes a different you know feeling when you go that deeply into your pain it seems like that can be applied, and I hadn't even thought of it that way, but applied to anxiety, applied yeah. to depression, applied mm-hmm. to loss. You know, and I, I talked about that in my most recent video with, um, you know, if a poet suffers a tragedy, she's not clawing panic from the depths of despair. She digs deeper. And it's that kind of same concept where instead of running away from it, just fucking go into it.
1: Yeah. And my thought in that moment of that experience, the deepest experience was I was thinking, I'm just going to get on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 being there with it and then taking that step back you know where you're just like okay you know there it is now i'm observing this feeling as opposed to being consumed by it you know and yeah i think that that's um uh uh could be really useful to you know in in the moments where you start to feel anxiety that thinking about you know we apply these images and these these definitions to things in the human experience but you know i start thinking about like where do those definitions come from we ever there's there's so much anxiety in our culture so many people take xanax and you know opiates and and drink and stuff heavily to try and get rid of that stuff and it's like well what is that exactly you know that's, that's another thing i've thought about why are we just calling it this thing anxiety whenever the notion of words are so subjective you know, and, and so semantically, oh, it's fuck. just I mean, hilarious. You see, that, you
0: see that with ADD. I mean, that's yeah, like one of the worst yeah. labelings of of any kind of condition because now you take all culpability for, you know, what's going on in your mind. Exactly. And saying, oh, that, yeah, I got it. ADD. Yeah, and, and I got it, So I need a drug and, I, you know, it's just, it's my thing. It's my condition. This is my story. You yeah. Know, so I can't help it. Yeah, and with you know fear,
1: I mean? you know, people feel fear. They feel, you know, um disappointment with themselves they f- they feel worry oh, i mean those are all normal natural things to feel but then people often don't even know how to deal with those feelings themselves so they just get scared by it and then therefore oh that's just anxiety i have anxiety mm-hmm. i'm working really hard i have too much anxiety you know it's like well no perhaps that it's a lot more complex than just saying that everything is anxiety perhaps it's not even something that's bad perhaps it's something that's deeper than that which is what i was was trying to get to earlier is that it's
0: work that needs to be done it's like hey you know go into this go into this room you know like the idea of moving towards resistance you know i think is is one of the strongest concepts you can have when you see something like that you know instead of instead of going ah fuck i got this let's try and escape from it escape 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 run 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 trick it you know get away just say okay here's Here's resistance. Let me just move straight into that. Yeah. and See see what happens on the other side. See what happens when I tame them. And that's what you have to do with psychedelics. You know, you get a, a nightmarish vision. You know, you try to run from that, it'll chase you down and rip mm-hmm. you to fucking shreds. You know, so the, the methodology of witness and allow, go into it, you know, see what happens. Oh, there's you know, you're visioning spiders coming inside your body and exploding through your flesh. Well, go into that. Let them more come, ask more to come, have them come through. And you pass through those thoughts out the other side, rather than than running away. And it's the same, you know, same lessons that you can apply to life.
1: Yeah, I think that my my approach to that is is instead of running through it, just getting looking, being a bit more meta about it, and getting out of my body and out of my mind, and thinking, oh, there it is, you yeah. know, there it is. It's just happening right now, and like the body, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> I'll feel you know if, oftentimes if I feel those type of emotions, you know I'll, I'll just think, uh, oh, it's so weird that this vehicle it's like it's like if you you turn and your tire squeaks or something in your car mm-hmm. you know or or you you know you your car or you accidentally go to open your gas tank and you pop your trunk, you know it's like that's how I look at the body a lot where I'm just like, oh, that's weird that thing my my car my you know meat car is feeling this weird thing right now huh and it'll work itself out you yeah, that's know what,
0: uh, that's I had great advice you know I have a, a kind of one of my spiritual teachers here his names Ted and he was telling me how he'd use the same thing you know when he's feeling something that he doesn't that isn't you know enjoyable he says ah well Ted's feeling sad today you know yeah. so he removes himself from what that not only just body but what that ego what the mind what everything else that's going on ah Ted's a little angry right now. Yeah, uh, Ted's feeling a little sad right and
1: That's now. an old yogi trick, you know, yeah, the witness, exactly. you know, the watch. Uh, you know, another interesting byproduct of that experience I had was that um, I realized that after that, that there's, there's no, there's no guidebook, man, for how to deal with energy and wherever you become awake to those things, you know, it's like one your senses keep stacking and you get that extra sense where you can sense and feel energies and people's energies and. The energies of a room, and then even greater than that, the energies within yourself. Um, there, you know, there's no, like, there's no rule for that, right? And what was interesting is that it not, you know, as a person, people try and be good people, right? I, you know, for the most part. I think a lot of people try and do their best. Of course, we all, you know, you could sideline a million sidelines that everyone rationalize sure. things, blah, 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 blah. But... For the most part people try and be good what they know as good you know they try and you know take care of their business or what have you Um, and of course a lot of people also unconsciously are manipulate other people they unconsciously kind of lie to other people and themselves to get what they want and they're not necessarily doing it consciously thinking oh i'm going to go rip this guy off i'm going to do this but they kind of gently massage what they're saying in order to create you know, an, an angle and a viewpoint on that mm-hmm. thing to hopefully come out with a particular solution. Right. Now, what I started realizing was that why does that stop there? You know, that type of behavior and that type of, you know, um, the conduits of the mind, that perhaps that that goes a layer deeper into the that one of, of an energetic layer where Whenever you become aware of those things, you know, you can feel those energies in your body and you start being able to feel the energies in others and whatnot. And, you know, the the uh, collection of a bunch of people together, that, that feeling. And um, perhaps we should be, I thought I should be aware of how I'm treating and acknowledging and working with that awareness of said energies. And after that experience, one of the things I started realizing was that, that, um, you know, my intentions were good, but whenever I would see people that I haven't seen or, you know, see someone, you know, order at a coffee shop or something like that or at a bar or or what what have you or even checking out in a grocery store or something, whenever you talk to that person, I would often, you know, if not every time, try and pull some of the energy up and blast it, you know, having the ability to shoot that out of my, my body and my eyes at people. And I know that probably sounds odd to the some mm-hmm. casual listeners of this, but, you know, uh, it's something that happens trying to shoot shoot that at them and the idea is to try and have some good positive Vibrations blast that out of your yourself at somebody who's a stranger, right? And you could tell that they could feel it, you know, and sure. they 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 you know they get smiley They they kind of perk up a little bit and they almost are a little bewildered or something like that You know and, and kind of drunk on your energy that you give them and I started thinking you know what that's actually um, uh although the intentions were good, that's actually a bit of a manipulation. And it's also um, a bit of a uh, sense of fear of your own internal self. Because if you're going up to these people, and you know people that you meet, and you're giving them, trying to really playing out this whole good energy thing, giving it to them and allowing them to do that, and then facilitating it and, and growing that into this you know quick transaction, what's really happening on an energetic level is that you are um distracting them you know you're you're kind of like in in order to feel comfortable in being control of the situation yourself you're setting up this energetic interaction which is you are the light that is shining on them instead of them being the light to shine on you or vice versa and so what you're doing is you're creating a safe area where your energy um, can be protected, and your internal self can be protected in that situation. And it
0: depends on your perspective, though. I mean, it depends on why you're doing it. Exactly, of net, course. Because yeah. the net positive. I mean, I think you, you have to be careful not to prevent yourself from doing something that's a net positive, because that's a net positive transaction. It's well, positive it, it, I,
1: I agree with you in, in one extent where I think, could, I think you could it apply
0: is. that to all good actions. No, but and it's fee- every if good it's... action stops uh, because you're saying, well, perhaps there is some motivation of me doing the good action so i would feel better and if you took it down to that level you know you could completely grind to a halt every good deed ever done by you yeah, no, every <laughs> courageous act, every I, act see, I see of what love you're saying and generosity yeah. and kindness you could say ah well it wasn't completely pure because there was some right, feedback you know? right i see
1: what you're saying but what i mean is that the ones that you're consciously doing where you right. walk up to someone and you go i'm going to give them this this blast of energy Not the natural, you know, warm transaction of just two people interacting. That's beautiful, you know. But I mean the the thought of walking into a place and going, okay, I'm walking up to that person. Build, draw the energy in, build it, and push it out whenever you interact with them. And watch their eyes light up, you know. That's what I'm talking about. I should have made that more clear. So... Uh, you know, thinking of that, what also what that's doing is that's feeding your own <laughs> ego. You know, because you leave there thinking, dun, "Dun dun They were they were so enamored by you know what yeah. I was able to show them and what I shined on. That's a
0: byproduct them. of something that's a net positive reaction. You know, I, I think I see what you're saying, and you're 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 right on a technical standpoint. But I think you also have to accept these. You, you know, you have to. It's almost like collateral damage, if you want to call it, but you have to accept some collateral cost to a net positive transaction, you know, and if you don't, you, I, I think for me, it's more utilitarian is what's happening is the good that's happening from giving that person an injection of positive energy, which is going to improve their mood, improve the quality of their dream for that day, you know, is that worth the potential, um, you know, the potential manipulation that I'm doing to my own ego, you know, can I handle that? Yes, I can. Is that a net positive? So should I continue it? You know, I think, in my opinion, if you're able to do that, I think it's since it's a net positive, the answer is yes, you should. Just being aware of what the cost that there is a cost you know that there is something that's happening different i think is is the only piece that um that you should be aware of. as as a piece of whenever you give something when you give a great Christmas present, you know there's a lot of fucking good feelings you have, and it's coming. Some are pure and some are coming to inflate your ego of I'm able to give you this great gift. Look how thoughtful I am. You know, your positive reaction is going to make me feel better. There's no kind of this that the purity of that act is going to be mixed. But is it a net positive? Sure. But you got to be cognizant of that because, you know, especially when I was in Africa, I saw this a lot. I saw a lot of people helping, you know, the African kids and things, which was net positive, but the way that it was happening was they were feeding this kind of Messiah ego need where it was like, look at the kids following me, look Mm -hmm. what I'm able to give them. And that was justifying something. And the only piece that was missing was the awareness of that. And you clearly have the awareness of that. You're aware of what that's doing to yourself. And then I think you can still choose to do that and just be aware of all the factors that are present
1: i think so i think that there's a there's a level because of course everything's operating on a lot of levels i think that that's one level you know and i think that that's somewhere towards the top you know i see that that i totally agree with what you're saying that if you from your perspective what you want to do with yourself where you are on your own path you know in your internal finding you know of course we're all just really searching for ourselves you know mm-hmm. if you're trying to get to that core of yourself and you think that through those interactions the intentional ones of course as i you know made clear earlier of giving a person the positive energy um if you're okay with you know the fact that that's feeding your spiritual ego or whatever you want to call it so be it i think that there are there's a level below that that i've been scraping at and accessing which is very has been very curious to me where after these experiences i was talking about I started, I stopped um, going, you know, and trying to give off that positive thing. And I did that with friends too. I stopped trying to, you know, charge up this whole, you know, like Baraka in Street Fighter. You know, charge up this. Okay, you know, let's go. Blanca is what you're
0: talking about. Who is it? Blanca. Blanca.
1: Oh, I thought his name was... Oh, Blanca. All right. The green... Baraka
0: was the guy in Mortal Kombat with the... Right. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) That's an important distinction. So, uh, yeah, the green guy from Street Fighter. So, uh, anyway, the the point is, is that I thought, I'm going to just stop that as an experiment, you know, and just see what changes you know instead of trying to to deliver the the energetic payload and what started happening was that even things like love and and positivity you know uh you know kindness all of those things just kind of started evaporating and falling away and i got this sense of of um kind of excavating that a little bit the sense that all of that Shit, like love is a big example. It's not, it's this, this plane. I started feeling this plane, right? This like, um, this, it, it's almost like a, a, a big table or something. Like this huge 20 foot diameter table under my feet or something or around my, my ankles where it was like hovering around and following me, right? And it was like this thing that was, it's like unspoken right it's not tap dancing like love and kindness those things aren't theatrical those aren't you don't have to go up and tap dance and go oh because of the paradigms in which humans have agreed upon i need to smile and hug you and say oh how's it going it's so great to see you i love you that's all just theatrics that's not real that's not the real energy of love that's not loving awareness the universal energy and, and consciousness what it is it is, is this, this deeper fog it's this thing that's that's way below all of that, and I started feeling in touch with that, you know, and so instead of well, that seems more like just
0: being present in the moment rather than allowing the judge to be always looking at well what am I doing am I, am i receive, am i playing playing to happiness am I playing to love? It seems like what you're talking about is the fully when you're in that fully present moment, a moment of true presentness, then those emotions and those feelings are, are pure, you know, and, and come naturally. When you can take that other element out where you're judging your actions and analyzing them and seeing how you can create and, and do those things. I still think you can choose to do those, but you know, I agree with you. Those primal, deeper forces come when you're fully, fully present.
1: Yeah, and, just, and it's it's where it's, you know, as opposed to trying to, you know, move energy with friends and and people you meet where you're tap dancing and and doing this performance of those yeah, things. Especially and
0: with friends, I still think that stranger game you're playing is rad because you know these people. I think about that sometimes, in you know, when I'm checking out at a grocery store, you know, I roll into Whole Foods mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm distracted and I just phone it in, I smile hey, and blah blah blah. And sometimes I really look them in the eye yeah. and I just. You know, engaged away. Yeah. And energetic. Yeah. And they and they're, you know, in a whole span of days, if more people do that, they're going to come home happier themselves. You know, they're going to feel better. So it's just a little effort that I could make that could improve their, you know, improve their experience. Um, And you're right. I should. You know, I think that it's something you should do. Yeah. Try and blast that to strangers because so many times people are always suck doing the opposite. You know, probably unaware, but vampiring other people's energy, oh, sucking Sorry. all that. So, anytime you can inject.
1: So when I, was a at a, I was at a grocery store the other day and uh, I was get, get copping some fish oil, you know, and the person that worked. What are you there, doing
0: copping fish oil at a grocery store, God damn it, Corey <laughs> Allen? We're here on it. We're here on it. You can get your fish oil right from
1: us. Will do. So, uh, I was there and uh, this person I was talking to actually reached over and touched my arm. And then said oh i'm sorry and i was like what and they said i just wanted to absorb some of your energy right quick it's like blasting off of you and uh yeah i was like man talk about a blatant energy piece. <laughs> you know like literally grabbing it off of you uh That's funny. anyway so yeah i mean i i totally feel what you're saying and this whole thing it's levels man there's different levels there's le- I think there's, the key the key thing the, that
0: you mentioned is is the awareness of it be aware the, of what you're of what you're doing, why you're doing it, what the cost is, you know and then and then make a decision you know, yeah, but do you do you sense. want
1: to do you want to operate w- where you are you know as a consciousness do you want to operate on the t- the f- the first level of it's a charge and discharge it's just this, this pull trend and that's great you know and it's great and it, it'll get people over but I think that I don't what think you I'm have talking to choose, about I don't
0: think you have to choose one though I think you can choose to run the gamut. You I know did, what well, I,
1: mean? I think that those that that thing of going and giving people the blast of energy intentionally I think that that thing is still intertwined with the self a lot and what I'm talking about is something yeah but you,
0: you can choose to be intertwined with the self and then choose to detach from it. You know what i'm saying i think i think where we maybe have a slight difference of opinion is is you're saying you know operating in one mode of consciousness i'm saying operate in all the fucking modes of consciousness you want you know dabble in this mode dabble in that mode dabble in this mode you know there's no for me there's no there's no restrictions or, or absolutes there's no just because you know you have this car it means this thing or just because you choose, you, know, you choose which mode you want to be in. You choose your relationship to it. As long as you're aware and honest with what's going on, then you really have full freedom to run the game. I,
1: I agree. I think that giving you know, the level one, let's call it that, you know, about passing energy intentionally to strangers, that's like giving someone a Blu-ray of Anchorman 2. It's funny, <laughs> and it's going to get you through the night, and it's really enjoyable, and then you'll joke about it. But I think what I'm talking about is trying to give someone a curl Sawa movie. You know, it's it's the same thing. Neither you know they're they're not bad. They're both good. It, but yeah. it's and the fact that you can a human can be conscious of those things at all is great. But it's about what level you want to work on and and what level sure. it's gonna the work's gonna be done on. And for me, excavating and exploring that that deeper aspect of those things mm-hmm. has seemed a lot more honest and beneficial and good. You know, because I can still feel it's like. It's like if you carry that thing around with you as much as you can, you, know, you have access to that cloud of that feeling. It's it's it goes to where you don't even need to communicate it. You don't need to do the acting out of, of trying to give them. Right. It's this thing where
0: Well, now, you know, bec- now what's you, you Yeah. Now what you're saying is you're able to do that more effectively by not trying to do it.
1: it. Yeah, it's like doing that perhaps it's doing that outside of the ego. You know, it's doing that outside of the of the or the vested ego rather. Of course we're always going to be dealing with ego, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, so interesting stuff to deal with and to, to watch out for. Sure, Yeah.
0: I mean, I I think obviously, you know, if you're trying, anytime you try too hard, you usually, you know, are missing what, what you're really, what you're really fully capable of. So I I get that point, but I I think that, you know, I guess the caveat for me is that, you know, sometimes you're not going to feel that innately, you know, sometimes you're just going to be distracted. And if the choice is to getting in that deeper resonating, Presentness, you know in your interaction with another individual is not going to be fucking possible for most people so if the choice is uh i don't have it so i'm just not going to do it or yeah. the choice is uh, i could fucking rev it up get it mostly real <laughs> and yeah. pass it you know i think the net positive transaction is to do that you know yeah when, and i think you can, you
1: can you can also do that and just be like sincere about it without trying to have to rev it up and deliver it you can just go in and be a nice you know like kind open presence Without trying to, you know, like sure. do the whole puppet dance, and I think that you know, in in that that first level, I think that that's um, what makes the most sense to me. You know, if if you, and that's good, that's healthy. You know, because I think you can still maybe, perhaps, you can still do that without. Um, and that's just good, healthy human interaction. Sure, and, and but, and but I think I, that's the default. And one of the things you know that I've been thinking about the last year or so a lot, a lot more about is that there's just no. Uh, you know, there, there, no one real, people don't often talk about. Everyone talks about the spiritual ideas and getting in tune with energy, and meditation, and psychedelic states. But there's a lot of missing the conversation about the the sides of that that um, can be a bit tricky. You know, people don't ever talk about it, man. I never hear people talk about well, it. Well, that's it's, the practical a,
0: the practicality of these issues. I think, yeah, I agree. It's and a
1: that. big thing. Yeah, you never people say, "Are, so are you worried. being people energetically?" Are so
0: worried about. You know, getting the base concept, yeah. and explaining it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I had that experience just recently. You know, I was I was talking about the soul animating the body, right? Which to me is a con- like me and you talk about that's that's a premise in the rest of our discussion. Yeah, right? it's already agreed upon. But yeah. I was I was talking to to a friend, and she was like, "Well, that's your opinion," right at that point where mm-hmm. I was saying this. You know, the spirit, the higher consciousness, the animating force animates the body, the which Muppet. is the Muppet. <laughs> And she was like, well, that's your opinion. I said, well, you know, I guess for you, you could take that as an opinion of mine. But for me, that's knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think that I have an opinion that, you know, I prefer um, fucking black cars or something like that. Yeah. And I could acknowledge that being an opinion of mine that is not bound in, in some kind of universal truth. But for me, that is a truth that I'm saying. Yeah. But for other people, it's still in that, Oh, that's his belief or his you know opinion about it and, and and, and, and so yeah. much of so much of all the talk is to talk to people who you know are still debating whether that's in your opinion or your fact but actual the actual practicality of maneuvering energy it requires the acceptance of certain premises for sure which most people don't have yeah. I was talking to someone who's talking about that show cosmos that's on right mm, now yeah um, Neil deGrasse Tyson and they were saying that it's a little bit frustrating because they could tell that some of that is aimed at creationists because they keep saying things like if the world really was 6,500 years old you know so they're still they're aware that not everybody's already accepting the premise that it's also good science and these yeah it's, yeah, it's also it's good science
1: to not to not be an absolutist about everything because you never know. It's like whenever yeah. you know you go a couple hundred years ago, and it's like uh, you know, oh well, clearly all of the scientists have agreed that you know, to quote Monty Python, if she weighs as much as a duck, then she's made of wood, and therefore she's a <laughs> witch, you know. And yeah. so it's kind of like yeah, well, you know, and that's kind of you know, a lot of that stuff that I, I read. It's it's very absoluty, you know, and I and I think that it's wise to. Keep your consciousness malleable, and that's sure. that's one of the most basic things that I I bring this up to friends of mine. I think they're tired of hearing me talk about it. I bring it up all the time. It's one of the most basic understandings that if 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 humans if they taught the idea of the subjective reality, you know, in the human nervous system, in school, the world would be a much different place. Because you know, and I, I think I might have talked about this last time because it's something that is so important. It should be like pondered drastically is that like the world inside of your skin inside of your nervous system is your subjective singular reality you know and and everyone is experiencing their own subjective abstraction of the objective universe there's this hazy existential landscape that all of these crazy you know know, atomic particles you know radio waves you know heat gases all this stuff experiences and our, you know, our TV antenna, as the human nervous system, can only read this this one percent of what's going on out there, and we're all watching different televisions. So we're all experiencing a different version of the same reality. Also, if you, based upon past experience, the association with certain things and your you know your perspective sure. on life and you know that's been imprinted upon I, you. I agree. I think that's so, in, that's important. But I also so, think
0: there needs to be room for. Uh, You know, there needs to be room for universals too. you know, and and I think that's something that people with this subjective reality kind of concept. That's where, to me, it goes too far, where there aren't there's no longer any universal good or bad. Everything is subjective, subjective morality, subjective. I had this come up when I made a post on my Facebook page about um, clitoridectomies which is where yeah. they, they cut they yeah. literally hack out the clitoris. You ever read that
1: book Saharasia by James DeMeo? No, I have. Don't. Yeah, I. It's <laughs> <know, they> <laughs> fucking horrifying. But and you yeah. think of the
0: clitoris is like, oh, you, know, you just slice off the tip. No, they got to dig that yeah. thing out it's and then all there's, these nerve endings. There's
1: there's flaying of the penis in the aboriginals where they they cut the skin off of the penis. Right. At, in, least the
0: in, penis in, at least the penis fucking grows back. Uh, and, yeah.
1: and there's infibulation where they cut off the clitoris and then sew the whole thing shut. You know, right, it's horrendous. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, right. Oh, that was yeah, I, I thought did, of a great punk, uh, a female punk band name was the Infibulators. Imagine if like, man, if there's a band out there that wants to be more, that wants to kind of usurp Pussy, Pussy Riot, Riot the, dude, in, the Infibulators. It's you can, too far. You it's can have far, that.
0: And it, speaking of too far, that's that's the kind of the point that I'm making is that some people were saying, and I was saying one of the problems is is that the young girls, you know, to stop this practice, the, the problem is that the young girls have bought into the story that that creates A woman you know so for them they feel that they need to do that to become a woman so even if those practices aren't currently being practiced they'll find a way to make it done so you can't just ban the practice because they want it to happen so they'll find a way some fucking other person who believes the story or is a complete sadist one or the other they'll find that avenue to do it so the only way to do it is to educate them that that story isn't isn't necessarily real but the whole premise that we should try and curb you know clitoridectomy Some people were having offense to. Yeah, and you know, to me, that's where this kind of man. relative. You know, they're saying there's. Yeah, they were saying, <laughs> you know, well, man, that's their culture. Who are you? Who are you to say that that they shouldn't do that? I'm like, there's a universal yeah. you know, value of having a clitoris for a human's yeah. life. And that that's a If all they're those. being misled by a story, it should be universally lauded to try and give them another option. Totally. So that they don't have to buy into that fucking story and go through life without a clitoris. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> difference.
1: So there's laws of nature, and then there's laws of psychology. Right. You know, and your psychological perspective is the one that's subjective. The laws of nature and the laws of the universe are the ones that are universal. Right. It's very simple. You that's know. It. Well, <laughs> it's very simple. Uh, you know, if if you think about the thing that really broke free, that to me was uh, the. Uh, the Buckminster Fuller thing of the non-simultaneous interactive apprehended processing.
0: Yeah, that did that for a lot of people. <laughs> Nobody knows the fuck you're talking about. Well, there's this thing <laughs> where... Uh, and we got about five minutes, so we got to wrap this up here, okay, Corey. So.
1: Okay, Bucky Fuller, man. He talked about non-simultaneous interactive apprehended processing. And this is something that Robert Anton Wilson talked about a lot. And uh, it's where it introduced me you know, to this concept, is that... Um, you know you can look up his much better description of the process but i'll give you a short one here is it non-simultaneous you know means that the universe is occurring you know in real time all the time regardless of your plotting and your your human perception of time and space and all those things you know y- outside of your linearity of the human understanding of time universe is occurring simultaneously right now, as we're talking, there's someone going to bed in the Chinese hotel room. There's someone in Australia that's eating lunch right now. It's all happening, you know? And then of course the simultaneous is, it leads to that thing where it's, it's all occurring simultaneously. Apprehending suggests that it's all occurring simultaneously. And your brain is like a flashlight shining out into where you are in space time, continuously apprehending that moment. And, uh, and processing is you process that information and you interact with it which that's the cyclical feedback loop of consciousness your brain has got this it's like this little dotted line in a circle where you're this this little flashlight scavenging in the dark and there's this feedback this feed in and feedback thing where your reality is constantly being absorbed by your nervous system into your brain your brain is creating your consciousness and it's flowing outwards so you're continuously feeding back with your environment and what I did was I, I said that over and over and over, and there's a lot of, a big difference between thinking of a concept and living a concept, mm-hmm. you know, and whenever it's applied to your reality versus just thinking of it on paper. And I would, and this is when I was like 18 or something. I'd walk around just saying non simultaneous interactive apparent processing, non simultaneous interactive apparent processing. And, then someone, and one day I was standing at a urinal in public, and I was non simultaneous interactive apparent processing, and it hit me. It just popped, you know. Uh, much like the mic probably did when I did that, <laughs> and I, it just hit me, and everything was like, "Wow, yeah, this is like <laughs> I can see that flashlight reality now, and yeah. I understand the you know the the uh, uh, the the way the universe operates." That's why uh, then I, at that moment I understood why Ulysses was such a great book as well. It's the exact same thing, you know. It's it's that in literary form. You know, sure. Tim Leary said that that uh, Ulysses prepared everyone for the first psychedelic experience, <laughs> you know. And perhaps Shonegan's Wake uh, is preparing us for our last Psychedelic <laughs> If you you've ever it? tried to read that monster. <laughs> I haven't tried that one. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the basic, if you want to break down everything we've been talking about in summation since we probably have about a minute and a half Sum left.
0: Sum it up and, in a minute.
1: You know, is that your reality is your reality. It's only that, you know, and and um, perhaps a, a wise thing to do is to, to, to question the fact that that your world and the person you're interacting with's world are conflicting. They probably are, you know, But just and know that. And when you're interacting with people, keeping that in mind and allowing the compassion and the patience to know that we're all experiencing different realities in this world, and yeah. none of us are right, and, and none of us are wrong. It's just this giant- well, I,
0: I don't necessarily agree with that. I think some of us are wrong. <laughs> well, because I know, think some I'm, people do violate those universals, those laws yeah. of nature. I, I, I
1: of course, I mean that that Within the 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 spectrum of your own psychology, sure. you know that we're all just experiencing this thing together It's just this this transient hallucination, man We're all actors playing on this big drama stage
0: Yeah, and that the wisdom, you know, I actually got that wisdom in an ayahuasca trip when I asked I was flying along with this condor with this eagle and the, the eagle said to me, you know You want to know the secret to seeing and I said yeah, sure and he said see through everyone else's eyes and at that point I understood what he meant, but he, but the eagle spirit meant, in that, you know, you can't judge anybody until you've actually, literally seen what they're experiencing. That's how you actually get to see what the world is. It's not by seeing through your own eyes, your own cognitive limitations, you know, your own yeah. prism, but actually see through everybody else's eyes, and then you'll really see the world. Yeah, and if you so see that's
1: someone it. that's being nasty and being angry or being you know, manipulative or whatnot. And I, you know, I used to look at those people and, and be like, it's a virus, you know? And now I look at those people and I feel bad for them. I think, oh yep. my God, the they're only, just working the only, out that karma, man. Yeah, they're on that, that's their plane. They're on that it's, level. It's
0: a feeling of, you know? instead of you know, animosity, it's a feeling of, you know, empathy.
1: Yeah, it's like, imagine what their whole life, their whole world is sure. is that, you know? It's And those people need nurture yeah, as much as possible, you know?
0: Corey Allen, you're a bad motherfucker. Thank I appreciate you. Appreciate this. You know anybody who's My. <laughs> anybody who walks around in a urinal <laughs> saying the mantra that you did at 18. Obviously, this is the uh, the end result, and it's a beautiful thing. So Thanks. I appreciate you Thanks. coming by and uh, absolutely and and wrapping here with me. People, you can find Corey Allen um, at Quiet Design, right?
1: Yeah, at Quiet Design. Corey yeah. C O R Y dash Allen and uh, you might be able to find me in person. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll be walking around and sure, I'll right. run into you and you'll be like wow I just found Coyone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me there uh, I think about Twitter followers I think about like if you have a thousand followers like every time I'm about to tweet I kind of laugh because I imagine like the reality of that what if you turned around there's just a, thou- a crowd of a thousand people oh, okay. <laughs> watching you by the way uh, uh-huh. I just had a great sandwich everyone's like thanks you know <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, my man all right good stuff much love everybody